Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog This is Nicole's Crazy Night of Me She's watched the show like a lot of times Who is gonna be chief of surgery? Shana Rhymes wrote the show and it is really, really good. Meredith Grey. Hello and welcome to another episode of Nicole's Grey's Anatomy. I am so pumped for you to listen to this episode. I had so much fun recording it with Carly Minardo, who's a great comedian and uh, illustrator and just all around, uh, well, actually speaking of illustrator, she made the art for this podcast. So I'm just, I'm, I'm so excited that she finally was able to come on. We talk about Izzy Stevens and we kind of do, we put Izzy Stevens on trial. We ask some tough questions about who she is as a person, the actions, uh, of Izzy, who she hurts, who she helps, And it was really, really fun. Um, As you are listening to this, uh, you maybe have watched the premiere of season 16. And I haven't yet because I'm recording before it happens. But I hope that you, uh, I hope that it's a good episode that we all loved if you're still watching Grey's. And as always, uh, you can tweet at me at nsilverberg with thoughts about the current season, about the podcast, about Grey's in general. I always love hearing from you. And yeah. Let's uh let's talk about who Izzy Stevens is. Let's do it. Hello and welcome to another episode of Nicole's Grey's Anatomy. We are here with someone who if you don't know her, you actually do know her because she did the art for the podcast for starters. I forgot. Yeah. I never forget. And then, but also she's a Grace Watcher. She's a comedian. She's an animator and illustrator. She's a, a fellow podcastee on the new Dungeons and Dra- Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> podcast, Rude Tales of Magic. It's Carly Minardo. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> I am so, I can't believe it's taken this long for you to come onto the podcast because you were one of the first people that I told you that I was doing this. I was very excited. I think, I, I was thinking about it this morning. I'm pretty sure 
I was booked twice and was like, I'm sick and couldn't do it that, twice. But, but honestly, what better thing to get sick for if, than a podcast about doctors? If that doesn't qualify me, if my poor <laughs> health doesn't say that I belong on this show. Nothing will. Nothing will. Frankly, nothing will. Frankly, nothing. Yeah. But I mean, it's hard. It's hard to believe. But maybe no one has spent more time looking at Ellen Pompeo's face than you when you were (laughs) illustrating her for the podcast art. You've also then, by the same token, spent a lot of time looking at my face. I got to know you both extremely well. (laughs) (laughs) From the outside in, baby. To know, to love. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, So the first question I always ask is, what is your Gray's journey? I'm so glad you are starting with this question. Um, So I was a wee bairn. I was in college, I think, when Grey's came out. What was the year? Do you remember? 2005. Yeah. So I was a junior in art college. Um, And I remember my my mom watched it. So I would like come home from my late classes and it would be because I still lived at home because that was economical. Yeah. And I came home. And it was this new doctor show. Uh-huh. What I loved about Grey's from the get was it was like, it's a new doctor show and all the doctors are hot. And it was just like, well, yes, but they're all hot in a very idiosyncratic way. <laughs> 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 Saying this is someone who has a, from a certain angle face. Oh, my God. My alarm's going off. Oh, um, time to wake up. It's Yoshi is my alarm. <laughs> um, I really was like, I was in tr- just totally enamored of the fact that it was like look at all these hot doctors and I was like these are very interesting looking hot people yeah like they weren't a-list celebrities no and I knew Ellen Pompeo from like I think she was on an episode of Friends Mm -hmm. she was also in Old School Yep. Which was a movie that at that point in my life appealed to me. Yeah. Um, (laughs) No no jury can convict you. Yeah thank you. Um and so I, uh, I sort of, yeah, it was just, it was interesting because like the show seemed to, from a, the very beginning, have a, a really specific sense of who it was and mm-hmm. who they were. And I was like, I don't know if I agree with you, but I'm on this journey with you. Um, yeah. Which uh, honestly, I think applies uh, to Izzy and we'll, we'll get to that. But yeah. Um, so yeah, so I started watching it from the very beginning. Um, this was at the time where like, you still got your Christmas gifts at Best Buy, baby. And I bought that first season for my mom on DVD as a Christmas gift. So it was a show that we watched together. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I I was like a pretty staunch watcher until I would say, and like bought all the DVDs until I would say, I had like just envelopes and envelopes of these DVDs. And I would always just be really interested in like, who got to be on the disc this time? Oh, for sure. I did that with Gilmore Girls. Yeah, it's because how did they decide? There yeah. was a conversation about that. 100%. I promise you. <laughs> um, so was really into it. And then I'm trying to remember where they like eventually lost me. Mm-hmm. And then I think what happened was I started, I was like, what's going on with these with these people? They're still on TV. I yeah. want to know what's happening. I caught up on the Wikipedia and I was like, oh, that didn't happen. Who is Who is this? they're not together anymore. I have to, and I have to watch. And I just like got back into it. And now I'm like, ride or die. We'll never quit it. Yeah. It's just part of me. It's a part of me. I am Grace. You, you are Grace Anatomy. <laughs> so, you, but you can't remember when you, when you quit. I'm trying to remember when it lost me. I think it was like, 
I think it was probably after like a pretty big cast culling. Yeah. Because, you know, they'll go through, spoiler alert, Grey's Anatomy <laughs> kills a lot of people. Yeah. It's actually a really fun game to watch the first season and be like, everyone in the scene is dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like a bunch of, it's a bunch of ghosts. It's a lot of ghosts. Oh, my goodness. You just reminded me of that scene where like Meredith is walking through the halls and she sees all the CG masked in ghosts. Not all are the same strength of CGI in that. No, not all no. are the same resolution. No. I think some people were taken from farther away shots. <laughs> yeah, this was this past season. Uh, they did a Dia de los Muertos episode, which... I have to assume was ha heavily researched. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to just kind of like stay with me <laughs> on that. And... Uh, Man, sorry. Now I just started thinking about like there also was a Dia de los Muertos episode of Criminal Minds. Anyway, <laughs> another podcast. Another that's that's for my other podcast, Nicole's Criminal Minds. Uh, <laughs> which I do have to say, I just I just got back from the Emmys, and I uh, the the morning after when we were at the airport, we were uh, at the airport, and there were like free magazines. And I was kind of like staring off into space because I was so sleep deprived. And all of a sudden I said, my friends. And I realized that I had been staring straight at uh, some type of like Hollywood dumb magazine that had the women of criminal minds on the front. And I just had been staring at them for a really long time. And then my eyes came into focus and I realized what I was actually staring at. And I was like, some of the women I care about most of my life. Paget Brewster, Kristen Bagness. Hello. Paget Brewster. Yes. She's on that show. Oh my God. Yeah. She's incredible. Cause I, you are, you are working or did work on her new show. I did. I designed this. My, I might be breaking this news on this podcast that I designed Hell yeah. the upcoming bird girl for adult swim starring Paget Brewster. Yeah. None other than that's freaking cool. Paget Brewster absolutely rules. I've actually talked about her once on this podcast before. I think when I talked about how she has kind of like a novelty Instagram, you have told me about this novelty yeah. Instagram. I mean, I, I think that Paget Brewster seems like an incredible person, super smart, really likable. I'm a huge fan of hers. Um, you may know her from when she was on, um, I mean, she's been on a lot of drunk history and she's really great on that, but she had like a six episode arc on friends, but in any that's case, that's right. That's right. Her Instagram, the uh, bio is one finger, two words, <laughs> and each picture is her finger pointing at something and then two words to describe what it is. So it'll be like her pointing at like, you know, food often. And it will say like leftover lasagna or, <laughs> or like, Beef peppers. And beef then, but then, peppers? yeah, well, because she's pointing at beef peppers in that particular. Mm, Does that mm -hmm, help? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then a lot of times she'll be watching something and she'll point at her TV screen and she'll say something like um, Maggie Smith, you know, because that's who's on the screen. Padgett Brewster, you're just like any of us. Yeah, Padgett Brewster rocks. Anyway, there's a Dia de los Muertos <laughs> episode of Grey's Anatomy. And at the very end, there is an absolute tearjerker moment Oof. where. Meredith is because Dia de los Muertos, you celebrate the the lives of the people you've lost and it's not a sad holiday. It's something that you really like. It's it's you, you're with you're with the people who are no longer here. Mm -hmm. And she walks through the halls of the hospital and all these people who have passed away are there. So it's like George is there and Lexi and Ellis and, and Mark and Mark and Derek and Mark and Derek look the worst. Mark and Derek. They look terrible. Looked a little bit like they grabbed heads and bodies from different episodes. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, they look extremely No disrespect, tuned. you guys had a hard job. And it's not something that the Grey's Anatomy, like they had to, they had to like borrow people to do that from like another <laughs> like ABC show. Like it's not like there are like CGI technicians who work on Grey's on a regular basis. Like they do stuff in front of green screen and that's like the extent of it. Pasting, <laughs> there was pasting yeah. single people from other episodes into, I mean, it's just that seems very complicated. I think they did their best. Ellis Not Gray, a fun job. I think they got actual Kate Burton I think to do right. Ellis Gray, and that part is like, uh, is awful. But honestly, Lexi looks amazing. Yeah. Like, because they pass by and Lexi like looks up from a clipboard or something, and yeah. it's like, oh my God, that's her. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm shitting on the CGI, but I should say I was fucking weeping i mean i just was like it totally got me you and i were texting about this episode yeah and you had seen it moments before i did and you <laughs> basically told me what happened and i was like that sounds cheesy and then within seconds i was sobbing yeah i mean it just it was like it was just like oh my gosh i've lost i've lost these people my friends they're my losses they're my too. friends they're my friends yeah i mean it i I was, I've been thinking a lot recently just because so many like singer songwriters have passed away who I I'm are really like important to me. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about how like, you know, when someone that you love like passes away and you like save a voicemail or you listen to like something like that. And it's, it's like this remnant of who they are. And I was thinking about how like it's like songs are different, but, but in some ways they're also the same because mm -hmm. it's like for some songs, like they're talking to someone in particular. And like if someone wrote a song for you and then they passed away and then you could listen to that song and it's like, they're still there. And I, it made me think about how there's still something, some like, there's some experience of rewatching sometimes where like, I'll be rewatching and I'll get kind of like this ping of like, yeah, I remember that in this universe they're dead and like, yeah. they don't, they don't know they that they're dead. Yeah, they don't know, don't know that they're going to die. George, you had no idea. But it's also like the actors don't know that. Like, there's just like, and like a, a job loss is like also kind of lost. I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain time. it. I think about that part of it all the time. Like, there, I think especially, I think on a, a show like Grey's, I don't think they've made any bones about the fact that some people have exited because they wanted to. Some yes. people have exited because they were made to. So it's not always like a clean sweep. But then you have some people who I'm like, I don't think there was any cast conflict here. Like, what did it feel like? I can't imagine that. What's her name? Kyler Lee. Mm -hmm. That Lexi was like a huge problem on set. So what was it like to make the decision to kill that character? I think she actually wanted to leave in order to pursue other jobs. Ah, and she did. Breeder. Yeah. She did. Yeah, it took a bit, but it took a bit. She's. Now on Supergirl? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe that is true. Yeah. It, it's it's interesting. I mean, it, there, and then there are also just the levels of, like, being in the industry and being like, God, that decision just must be so hard. Like, there's so much more TV now than there was before. Mm -hmm. And to make the presumption that you would be able to make the leap to other TV shows or film, especially when you're known in an iconic sort of role, mm -hmm. it's really, it's really complicated. Like, Eric Dane, who plays Sloan, like... He was on another show that was like a, I think more of like a crime procedural of sorts yeah. for a bit. And then he was on this most recent, the first season of Euphoria, which I still haven't watched. But I I'm like, you know, it. that's been like. I don't think it's for me. I don't think they made that for I me. I think I'm 
too sad to watch it. Does that make sense? I'm too old <laughs> I'm to watch too old it. And, and that makes sense for yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too old. I mean, I'm going to watch it, but like when it's winter. I'm going to watch Cats, even though this is my prediction. This is like me calling how I'm going to die. I'm uh-huh. going to watch Cats and it's going to it's going to be really bad yeah. for me personally. Sure. Do you want to just kind of expand on that a little bit? Why, why what is about it going to be bad? Yeah, why is it going to be so bad? I just, um, I think it's going to be like, I'm going to see it opening night. Yeah. Like, so I know like why the movie is going to be bad, but right. I'm just like kind of wondering why it's going to be so bad for you. Why is it going to be bad for me? Um, yeah. I think it's just going to raise more questions than it answers. Absolutely. I think I can't stop. I mean, the cats are too small for, to The start. cats are cat sized, but yeah. they're people. They have people but proportions, they're but they're cats. They're yeah, cat exactly. high. They're cat high. They're, they're cat, cat wide, but cat, they're people they're proportions. People yeah. They're people thin. They're people thin. Jennifer Hudson's snot running down her cat face is something that I'll never forget. So I may as well just like open my arms and accept it Mm -hmm. and just watch it. Just watch it from start to finish. I watched Cats when I was on broad on Broadway when I was 12. Yeah. I thought it was ridiculous as a 12 year old who was a ridiculous person then. Uh And now I feel like they really made a bold choice by deciding to go really hard in the direction of like Instead of instead of we have the capability to make these talking cats look like real talking cats, yeah. let's make them look more like people with even better cat makeup. Yep. Uh-huh. D- totally. It's like people with fur as yeah. opposed to kind of anything else. And I think it's why I think it's going to be bad is because I think it's going to cause like a mutation within like the kink community that I'm not ready for. Sure. Yeah. I mean, who is? Yeah. I'm not ready for it. I'm not ready for it. No one's going to ask me to be ready for it, but I'm also not ready. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, there are certain, there are certain like, uh, culture moments that, you know, you can see them coming, but you just can't, (laughs) you can't stop it. It's, it's, it's coming for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then and then the new season premieres. I mean, it, it will have premiered by the time that people are listening to this. But for us, Hot it dog. premieres uh, later this week. Oh, I'm thrilled. I'm so excited. Tomorrow, I think. Oh, my God. You're right. Tomorrow. We As are recording this, this recording. On, on Wednesday. Yeah, mm-hmm. I am so excited and hopeful. And I hope that I hope that it's what I want it to be. Yeah. I hope it goes for another 16 years. <laughs> yeah, 16 more. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to pass away while the show is still on. I want us all to die together. Yeah. 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 Um, absolutely. Yeah. That's the dream. <laughs> um, okay. So, so what made you want to do an episode on Izzy? On Izzy. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, speaking of journeys, so Izzy, I feel like this won't surprise you. Izzy is a character that I actually, at that age, like, um, related to. Yeah. Because that I, surprise me. I was like, oh, I'm perky and I like to bake. And that was the extent of it, really. It was just like, you yeah, like animals. I like animals. Yeah. I, I don't even necessarily think of that as a as an easy thing. But of course, it is an easy thing. Yeah. Um, so at first, when I first watched the show, I was like, Izzy's great. She's like sweet and kind. And she, you know, she likes to nest and she likes to cook for people. And mm-hmm. that feels very much like me. And then as I got older, I just would rewatch it and think she's kind of, she's kind of horrible. Like she, my big thing about Izzy, my biggest criticism of Izzy is she doesn't understand the idea of like imposing on anybody. Yeah. And so she's so convinced of her 
righteousness Mm -hmm. that she will take horrible liberties and make horrible decisions and you can't criticize her like she won't accept criticism of her decision making because she's so convinced of the fact that she's doing the right thing that's so interesting I I mean because I obviously like uh I obviously that is evident in (laughs) a lot of her arcs like Mm -hmm. the Elvad wire is the most obvious Mm -hmm. one with Denny but like there there are other things too where she sort of feels like if it's true, it can't be wrong. If it's right, like if it's if it's love, it has to be right. right. Like her stuff with George, which is hard to look at objectively because she's very like the other woman in that. And you're like, George. George is the only person holding George accountable. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like George, George is like, I did this to my marriage and I feel bad. But every other person is like, Izzy, how could you? Uh huh. No, that's a fair which point. Which is like. So it, it's hard. It is like hard to kind of get a grip on that. I mean, we'll talk about that plotline in a bit, but like, yeah. but, but there, but that is like another example of like the thing that Izzy is really guilty mm-hmm. of, so to speak in that, in that interaction is like her, she feels bad that it hurt someone, but she doesn't actually think it's wrong that she did it because she loves him. And like, right. that's like a, that's like a defining like when she gets fired, when she quits, yeah. like I, I relate to this a lot of like having a really strong internal sense of justice and feeling like, like that fairness right. is like one of the most important, important things like that something like should be like, like if it's something that bad has to happen like I understand it if it's what's right. Mm-hmm. Like, like it, it sucks when something bad happens and you're like, wait, but that's, that's not fair, which is um, a really child. It's a really childlike way of looking at the world. Like everything that a kid yeah. is upset about can be boiled down to unfairness. That's the thing. I think it's like, I think her main problem is that she doesn't draw any distinction between like subjectivity and objectivity. Yeah. Her subjective reality is objective reality to yeah, her. Yeah, that's such she, a good way of putting she it. She doesn't and I think <clears throat> the reason I am so hard on Izzy is because I uh saw myself in her and I felt right. a little bit like betrayed by that. And like as I grew, I I just was kind of like, oh I like, I hope I'm never that kind of person who you know because Well it can I border think she's on really, arrogance. Um, it can. And like she's even She's been called out on that before. Yeah. And she's even like copped to it before. Mm-hmm. But I think, and I think this is kind of like a systemic thing on Grey's is that like everyone seems to be really aware of their bullshit, but they don't like that. That's like, it stops there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I really relate to Izzy's like passion when it comes to like dying on a hill of something. Like I think that I, I think that I like have a real, I have a real tendency to like get worked up about something and be like, but this is the right thing to do. It's a very like Libra thing, frankly. (laughs) And like, I'll get like, no, this is the right thing to do. And I will like die on the hill. And like, I will know that I'm not behaving in a way that like, is proportionate to mm-hmm. what is going on, but it's like my internal sense of justice is so strong. And it's like, 
she does that and it's like a cautionary tale. Yeah. Of like, yeah, you actually can't live your life just like burning bridges or that's, like throwing caution the to the wind just because like you believe that it's right. But I think that exactly what you said is, is so true. It's like the subjectivity, objectivity, like the line di discernment is, is like utterly really blurred. poor. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, also Libra rising. I can totally yeah, empathize. With sure. You, Thank obviously. you so much. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, when I had, when we were talking about this like episode and what we wanted it to be, I sort of, I like framed it as like, this is like the trial of Izzy Stevens. Yes. Well, cause I had initially said, you said, oh, I'm really interested in doing Izzy, but it's complicated. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, maybe we should do the highs and lows. And your reply was, well, I don't really, I can't really think of highs. Like it was I, hard to think of highs like, that didn't feel corrupted somehow. Right, right. Yes, exactly. And then you proposed this incredible idea, which is like <laughs> putting Izzy on trial, like the case against her and the case, the case for Izzy. Mm -hmm. um, and then you and I each kind of contributed a mm -hmm. couple moments or, but, but, but I think that what we'll, what we'll see as we kind of like go into it is some of them probably should be weighed much heavily, much yeah. more heavily. Like some of them are like, I think small moments that, that indicate, a quality she has and some of them are like uh life changing mm -hmm. or like the the repercussions it ripples out so much right. bigger right you know yeah and i think yeah i think that's why the idea of i like i like you calling it a cautionary tale i think that's why the idea of like a uh, a trial sort of um appeals to me is because i feel like there's who Izzy thinks she is and who the other characters think Izzy is. And yes. I'm like, but who is Izzy really? Right. Well, yeah, because that was also something that you said to me that I, I thought was so, I hadn't really thought of it like that, but I was like, that's so true. Like Izzy has a reputation of being a certain kind of doctor, a certain mm -hmm. kind of person on the show, but she doesn't always fulfill that. Like, right. like I guess I would say that, that her the, okay, here are some things that they that they say that Izzy is a lot. They mm -hmm. say that she's emotionally involved, mm -hmm. which is I think indisputable. De that's definitely true. They say that she's um, <clears throat> that she's like sensitive, mm -hmm. like like emotionally involved is like she gets too invested and mm -hmm. the line gets blurred. But like sensitive is more like she's too personally impacted by the cases. Mm -hmm. Like she doesn't she do, like she doesn't remain enough. A medical objectivity. Right. Uh, and then they also say, what else do they say about Izzy? They, they call it like, she's often referred to as bubbly. Yes. Bright. Um, yes. Cheery. Like really, like really sunny, which I right. don't necessarily think is I true. I don't think that's true about her. Um, they also, um, like, I feel like they paint her as very wholesome. Yes. They also paint her as I think more loyal than she actually is. I, yeah, I think she has, Huge trust issues, actually. <coughs> yeah. Which I think keep her from being what I would classify as loyal. I think she more than I think she demands loyalty more than she herself is loyal. And I'm thinking specifically of her relationship with George here. Yeah. Um, but also her relationship with Meredith and Christina, which was competitive where it didn't need to be. You know what? That's another thing that I really related to about Izzy. The yeah how deeply she felt <coughs> left out I have, with yes. Christina and Meredith. I was like, yes. I've been that I friend. I would feel yeah. that. Yes, me too. I've yeah, been that friend. Me too. It's very painful. It's part of, again, why I'm so hard on Izzy is like, you know, the things you hate about yourself are the things you hate most in others. Yes. 
But I think it's so I think I think there's a lot about Izzy that I will criticize that I find utterly understandable and relatable. Yeah. But Which I will is critique why I think them she's such a compelling character. I agree. And why I think that like maybe more broadly speaking about just like the audience audience experience for the show, like I actually think that Katherine Heigl is like a pretty gifted actor. I do too. And she is able to make a lot of kind of uh varied plot lines feel like they're all part of one person's mm -hmm. like belief system. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, I don't actually like, it, I think this is just an extension of like what her reputation is. Isn't always what she fulfills. Like she is able, Catherine Heigl portrays her in a way where like, you're kind of, you believe that everything is coming from the same place, even yeah. though like she doesn't always, she's not always ideologically consistent, which right. is real. Like people obviously falter or change their minds or and something like that. But like, I think that Izzy is someone who you feel like you get her and like get what she's all about. Mm -hmm. And I think that then, even though there are real world reasons that led to it, like the circumstances of her leaving and abandoning people, I think is like tough. Yeah. Because, because it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't totally fit in with like the person that like she, I, yeah, I, I, I have a, I have a big problem with how she exits. Yeah. And then comes back. Yeah. And then exits again. Although I have to say an all time great Karev moment when she comes back and he's like, I deserve someone better than you. Yeah. Um, all time great. Chris was wrapped with attention. Ugh. Husband, Christopher Hastings. Yes. Look him up online. <laughs> Look him up. Look him up under Look husband. Up. <laughs> Google husband. He's in there Google somewhere. Husband. He's listed. Yeah. Okay, so okay, so we're gonna take the, the tiniest break and then we will come back and we will commence the trial of Izzy Stevens. Okay, it is the trial of Izzy Stevens. To decide, I guess, ultimately if we think she is like mostly good or mostly bad. Yeah. No one's no one's everything, but is she is she mostly good character or mostly bad character? Is she is she who the show Wants us to think she yeah, is. Yeah, promises us that she is. Yeah. Or is she something else entirely? A beast of another color. Yes. Okay, so the first prosecutorial mm -hmm. piece of evidence mm -hmm. is, I mean, just the big one. It's a doozy. It is the Denny thing. The Denny thing. There's there's two. I mean, I guess there are a couple parts of the day. It's thing. like multi-pronged. Yes. The one, one is obviously like she crossed a line with a patient. Yeah. Which I think is an enormous, like, I think they, like, this kind of goes into what we've talked about with, like, how she, you know, feels like love makes things acceptable that yeah. aren't acceptable. Mm -hmm. But that was, that was, like, a hugely irresponsible and unethical step. Yes. It did not have to happen that way. No. I mean... Like, I mean, like, not even the Elvat stuff. Like, right. her falling in love with the patient, like... Right. Like, that... Did not have to happen. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I think the show wants us to believe that like, well, who knows what they want us to believe. But the, the, it was framed as as this inevitable. You can't help who you fall yeah. in love with. It's like you kind of can, though. Yeah. Like, you, 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 you know, like there are certain people that you just can tell yourself. No. Right. This you, is a no go. You can't fall in love with someone who you don't know at all right. and you could put yourself in a position where right. you don't cross the boundary of getting to know someone in a capacity that you're not professionally yeah ethically supposed to get to know right 
I, I am not someone who's like a diehard Denny fan, <laughs> but I, but I have upon rewatching several times, like come to, uh, respect that relationship as like, you know, I do, do what the show is asking me to do, which is sure. like, believe that that is okay. What is not okay. And what I think the show also agrees is like, not okay is the moment, which is what we're going to show where Izzy against Denny's wishes mm -hmm. guilts him into mm -hmm. the Elvat scheme. She emotionally bullies him into it. Yeah. It's, it's manipulative. It's um, it's unethical. It's unfair. <laughs> it, it's a lot of things, and I think that, and it it is also hard to watch. <laughs> but we're gonna do that anyway because we're brave. Yeah, um, we're okay. brave. So this is this is the first case against Izzy. This this selfish guilting of Denny into this scheme. Izzy, Izzy, stop and listen to me. We're not doing this. Don't worry, you're not gonna die. I will be here the whole time to make sure of that, and that's what this stuff is for. This isn't about me dying, all right? This is wrong. You've waited a year and a half to get this thing. Who knows when the next one is gonna come along? I'll take my chances. No, it may be too late by then. Then it's too late. All right, now get this stuff out of here. Denny, please, you have to do this. No, Izzy. I'm not about to steal a heart from another man's chest. Not to mention, this will be the end of your medical career. I don't care about my medical career. All right, you know what? This has gone on long enough. I'm gonna call a nurse. Everyone who has entered into the transplant program is clocked into the second. To the second, Denny. You were clocked into the second, and so was the other guy I checked with Yunos. The difference between when you entered the program and when he entered the program is 17 seconds. That's it, Denny. 17 seconds. I mean, it's not even the length of a decent kiss. So this other guy, I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve this heart. I'm sure he does, but so do you. So do you. And if you tell me any more crap about heading towards the light or looking down on me from heaven, I swear I will kill you myself right now. <coughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm gonna be all right. All right, you don't have to worry. What about me? What about me when you go to the light? Is he? No, I is get he? it, okay? I get it. You'll be okay. You'll be fine. But what about me? So don't do it for yourself. Do it for me, please. Believe, Denny. Believe, do this for me. Because if you die, oh God, you have to do this. You have to do this for me, or I'll never be able to forgive you. For dying? No, for making me love you. Please. Please do this Here. for me, okay? Please, okay, I can't do this if you don't. Please do this for me. If you don't do this, please. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to watch. It makes me emotional. I mean, it's like, it's very good acting. The and acting is, is And you're great. just like, they're both oh great. Yeah. It's, uh, it's rough. I mean, uh, it's just like, yeah, like everything that Denny's saying is right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like we, we're not like, we have to talk about the power dynamics in this scene. Right. Like she her, could kill him. Right. And also just her as a doctor, like, She's making a medical promise, not just that like this is a good plan, but that she knows how to do it. And we learn almost immediately in one of my favorite Grey's moments mm -hmm. where you see the interns fumbling and mm -hmm. not knowing the names for things and looking through books mm -hmm. to literally look up what to do and like you really see that they aren't doctors right. yet. Yeah. They aren't qualified. And like that's one of my it's one of my absolute favorite moments because you just watch them. It, there's no debating. They mm -hmm. are in over their head. Mm -hmm. And um, and I just really, I, I, it, it is, she's she's promising something as a medical professional that she's literally not qualified she's to not promise. She's not qualified for. She's saying she has a plan. The plan is like also hugely relying on Burke showing up and yes. being along for this ride. And obviously like the repercussions of this. Right. Of like, of who, so many unexpected hurt. yeah it, the the it just it ripples to kind of a devastating degree i but i do think that like kind of what i was saying earlier about about her her focus on fairness mm -hmm. that 17 seconds thing is kind of the fulcrum of her argument yeah. of saying like it's almost arbitrary it's unfair like Mm -hmm. It's unfair that you aren't in there first. There's no good reason. And right. because there's no good reason for it, because it's just like the arbitrary nation or not the arbitrary <laughs> nation, that uh, the ar arbitrary nature of the universe. Right. Like uh, it's not a good enough reason to convince her that it's not worth doing. Right. And it's like, again, like important to reiterate, it's not fair to her. Yes. What about it's me like, is literally. It is, a, it is a fair system. Yes. Like the system as I That's have learned about it. The right. Yes. Is, is like has a lot of considerations and time is one of time is a factor. Yes. And I think that that the show doesn't shy away from that when you then go back yeah. to the hospital and you see Han kind of like be vulnerable where she's like this guy has three kids. Right. Like he deserves the heart. He deserves it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. So, I mean, that I think that is a strong argument against against Izzy. Yeah. I think it's what I find interesting from like kind of a re removed perspective mm -hmm. is that like that is way too much power for a person that young to have. Yeah. You know, she was like she doesn't have the emotional maturity to make these decisions that you would trust a doctor to make. Right. And it's also like, there's a reason why loved ones aren't supposed to be right. in charge of the medical well-being or mm -hmm. like the, the decisions. You can't of, be rational. Yeah. Like the what about me is like obviously super self-centered, but it's also like, that's what it is. Like right. if that's what I would do mm -hmm. too, like <laughs> yeah, th that she can't be at fault for reacting in that way from a, like a relationship perspective, but, <laughs> right. but everything else is like, yeah, but that's not exactly what she, she didn't confine it right to that. Right. She wasn't in there as <laughs> his girlfriend. Right. She was in there. She as wasn't like, giving directives to a doctor. No, she was taking matters into her own hands in a really terrifying way. Yeah. Also, I don't think he was going to call the nurse. He didn't move for the button at all. 
He's like, I should call a nurse. Yeah, I'm like, no, you're not gonna you're not gonna call a nurse, Danny. That's true. Okay, let's do another charge against her mm-hmm. instead of doing a full full ter- full alternating thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. This someone is also you. Uh this is a George one. Uh yes. so so what's what's your uh what's the court's argument here? So the court's argument, so I have <clears throat> my so here's my my full opinion on the whole George thing. Yeah. Is that I think I think Izzy could be forgiven. I think Izzy and George. Well, I, I'm focusing on Izzy's side of things. I'm not saying George is um, off off scot free, right? But because we're talking about Izzy, absolutely. Um, I think they can both be forgiven for like fucking up. Yeah. While they were completely drunk. Yeah. But where she crosses the line to unacceptable for me is the fact that she pursues George after the fact. And makes it like, like I've said, like a righteous thing. Like, well, I love you, so we should be together. Right. So that's what bugs me. Yes. And <clears throat> she doesn't, she doesn't and did not respect the marriage. No, no. She didn't respect Callie from day one, which was. Yes. Like, honestly, if you're a friend, that's not how you, you make, you make an effort at least. Right. She viewed it as a very like, um, uh, she, she she processed it merely as who has custody of George. Like <laughs> who was the most important person in, yes. in George's life? Like she felt, and it's wrapped up in this stuff that I understand of like George is her person, like Christina and Meredith have each other. And mm-hmm. like, she has George and then George has this whole thing that's going on that she's not a part of. And she feels boxed out and he loses his dad and he gets married. And she's like, concerned about him because she doesn't like Callie but mm-hmm. she's also like jealous which she doesn't acknowledge right and she she never tried to like Callie no no she didn't and and like <laughs> Callie always was threatened by Izzy but it's like you know Izzy didn't do anything to disavow right Callie of these ideas that like she would be welcome Right. And I think that there is a moment that I can't remember exactly where it is, where George is like, or Callie, one of the two is like, I'm his wife. So you like, who do you think is, or maybe it's a patient who gives this lesson. I can't totally remember, but it's like, (laughs) basically it's the thing of saying like, there's the wife and the best friend and you, the best friend used to be the most important person, but then the wife becomes the most important person. And guess who ends up? With nobody. Mm-hmm. It's not the wife. Right. I it's, think that is Callie. I think yeah. that is Callie. And I think that, I think there might be like a, I think there might be, um, is that when she says like, like ever, you can't afford to lose more friends. Yes. Not when everyone oh, around you is dropping, dropping like, like flies. flies. <laughs> yes. We've watched this show. So, the oh. Ryan Mount. The Ryan <laughs> Mount. I wouldn't say too much the Ryan Mount, but I would, I would say like <laughs> one could watch it less. Yeah. And they'd be okay. They'd be fine. They would have watched the show. I'll say that much. <laughs> they will have seen the show. So, yeah, that's right. She does say that. And it's really, it's, it's insensitive and, and a little mean. Yeah. But also it's like Izzy's poking a bear there. She is. Yeah. I do think that there is something that I'm trying to remember. Ugh. There's a patient who is got oh really old you know guy. what actually you know what i'm remembering oh. when christina and burke are like in that weird place post um post shooting mm-hmm. and 
Burke's mother is there. Mm-hmm. And Christina basically just like kind of doesn't want to deal with Burke's parents at all. Right. And she ends up having this patient where this guy talks, this guy is going through a very serious medical thing. And he's like, I used to have a boyfriend. Oh, but yeah. But my boyfriend, you know, I didn't get along with his, I think with his mom or with the parent. Yeah. And he uh, liked me, but his he, mother didn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that was exactly it. It was like, he liked me, but his mother didn't. And I, I thought that like, I was more important, but turns out that I wasn't. Now yeah. I'm here by myself and I like, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking that that was, I, I was, I was displacing the memory. It's a lesson also, for all of us. It's a lesson for all of us. It's a yeah. lesson for all of us. Okay. So this, so this moment that, uh, you said that you wanted to do something about George and the moment I chose is this moment in the, uh, season three finale. They're getting ready for Christina's wedding. Oh boy. Yeah. And so they've slept together. Mm-hmm. But he's still like figuring shit out. Right. And Izzy comes in and gives him this like little bit of a speech, which we will we will discuss after the fact. (laughs) What? Hold on a minute. I forgot that this was the song. Yeah, it's weird. (laughs) Just wanted to make sure no one's around so I can say this. We've said everything we need to say. Shut up. I am an optimist. I am hopeful. I am not sure. I feel like I can do this Let myself. me speak. Because I'm your best friend. And because I love you. If what you want is to be with Callie, then I will do everything in my power to support you and help you make your marriage work. But because I'm your best friend, because I love you. I also have to say that I'm in love with you. I'm in love with you. I can't promise the future. I can't promise perfection because we're us and I'm me. And who knows what will happen. But in my heart, I am sure. I'm in love with you, George. And I hope you're in love with me, too. Say something. What time is it? We got 30 minutes. I'm gonna be late for my own wedding. No, we're not. How long did she even sit with that thought before she decided to blurt it out to him? Uh, I think she listened to Burke practice his vows and that's when she decided to do it. Cause I think the beginning of it of like, I am a hopeful, I'm hopeful. I'm an optimist like mirrors. Oh, she was ripping off the vows. Yeah, for For sure. sure. For sure. You know what? My thought that I had when I was watching that though, because I think that one of the main problems with that relationship, just kind of from like a story perspective is like, I don't think that they have great chemistry. Like, no, I'm shaking my head. Yeah. And but you know what I was as I was watching that, I was like, okay, taller girl mm-hmm. in who's supposed to be just like impossible like having an impossibly undeniable attraction to a shorter guy played by a gay actor. Mm-hmm. Is it possible? Yes, flea bag. 
I was like, for <laughs> for years, for years and years and years, I've been thinking to myself, but like they have such chemistry. Yeah, no, I mean, like they that is like one of like the horniest things I I like that's ever happened in my own life is just the experience of watching that. Yeah. But for but for years, I've doubted the possibility that this could have ever worked because of factors that I've just named. Right. And, and Fleabag is the proof that it can that work. it can work and get you an Emmy. Yeah. Yeah. It deserved a deserved a Emmy. Well deserved. And if there was an Emmy for like most horny chemistry, right. it would win. Yeah. It would be every nomination and it would win. I, it would be an audience voted award and it would be unanimous. But and I think part of this is me as like a t- as a taller girl. Mm-hmm. I I just have always kind of thought like maybe that's a factor like that like you know Izzy has previously been with someone like Alex mm-hmm. who just has like a very like masculine energy and then she's with Denny who as we all know describes himself as a horse of a man (laughs) and then there's George who's supposed to be kind of like this like more um like emotionally in touch Mm -hmm. yes he's shorter he's played by a gay actor though that doesn't matter Mm -hmm. but you know these are just these are the factors in play Mm -hmm. and then we look at a situation where like the priest in Fleabag, like, what does he love? He loves his clothes. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what, what does he, what does he, you know what I mean? Like, uh, so, so there, so yeah, so it's. It can be done. It can be done. It can, it be, can done be done well. They did not do it. No, no, I, but this, in a way, in a way, I feel like it didn't work because it wasn't supposed to. Yes, that is also true. Like, that, that like. Yeah, I don't know if anyone was rooting for Izzy and George to get together. Maybe, you know they might, I mean, someone must have. In the comments of a YouTube video that I was watching today, mm-hmm. there were a couple people that I was shocked to see were like, this was a great relationship. They were meant for each other. I can't, I'm so sad that it didn't work out. That honestly I, feels mentally ill to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I, like no, I'm worried about you if you think that. It's diagnosable, for sure. I, I think that, I think that you're right that like, it's not supposed to work and that it ends up being like it ends up being a main plot point that like they don't have good sex right after that first time that was supposedly like the best sex they've ever had in their life right. and like which they like loved it so much they blacked out and don't remember it yeah i mean there's stuff there for sure <laughs> there's like for sure stuff there yeah i don't know i um to kind of bring this less out of um, my own personal gauge of horniness and back into kind of this, this trial that we have set up mm-hmm. very professionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on one hand, you can make the argument that Izzy is laying her cards on the table. They've already slept together. They're already at a crossroads. Let me just give you all the information mm-hmm. that like, this isn't something that I want to stop. This isn't something that I didn't take seriously. I have strong feelings for you, like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. At the same time, <laughs> it is not, um, it is selfish. It continues to it's be selfish. So, it's so selfish. And this is why I like blurted out, how long did she sit with this thought before she said it to him? Because I, I don't fault Izzy for as like an extremely emotional person who like intellect has no chance in a battle against my emotions. I, Mm -hmm. I, I understand. And I 
I don't blame Izzy for feeling any of the things she's ever felt on the show. I blame her for not taking a minute to consider the repercussions of her acting on those feelings or expressing her feelings because I don't actually think she was in love with George. I think she was enamored of George. I think she was infatuated with George. I think they had this connection. And I think, you know, who knows? Maybe she, you know, was so guilty that she had sex with a married man that was her friend and she didn't want to fuck up the friendship. And that it only, had to be it had to be thing. love because that would justify the mistake that they made. Yes. But I don't think that they I don't think she was actually in love with him. I think she loves him. Yes. As a person. But I think if she had given herself and George like a day to yeah. think about it she wouldn't have necessarily felt the need to like draw that line in the sand. I would also say, you know, she hasn't talked it through with anyone. Like she, well, she talks it through with Burke a little bit and Burke is like, I'm going to be esoteric now. Yes, that's true. But she doesn't talk it through with like anyone like uh, Meredith or Christina Mm -hmm. or a therapist. (laughs) She also um, doesn't talk it really through with George. She announces to George kind of this thing as opposed to saying like, let's talk about what happened. Where do you stand? Where do I stand? What should we do? Right. Blah, blah. Yeah. And this is the first of many misunderstandings that they have about this. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because she doesn't understand his feelings about his own marriage. Well, she doesn't want to. Yeah, she doesn't make an effort. Yeah. Okay. Next. Okay, so let's let's flip it a bit. Okay. So the arguments for Izzy being a good person, they're all kind of variations of the fact that she just kind of has like a a big picture, generous heart. Like she's very... She's very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. She notices how people around her are are feeling for the most part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she has she has these huge notable blind spots when she is feeling so strongly herself that like right. But 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 I do think that like she kind of is a bit of a bleeding heart. Mm-hmm. And so the first the first one that you chose is well, actually, the, these are two really good ones to put together because they both have to do with her uh, inheritance, her Denny inheritance. Uh, the first one is that she pays for, uh, we just talked about her in last episode, Heather Douglas, who has the like extreme condition where she's Bader bent over syndrome. at 90. Yeah, Bader, Bader syndrome, where she's bent over at 90 degrees and she needs this expensive spinal surgery mm-hmm. and an anonymous donor mm-hmm. who is Izzy donates money for her to get it. Right. And there's the moment where she, we don't see the moment where she does it. We see the moment where she kind of makes the decision, but Bailey sees what's happening and she gets upset Mm -hmm. and she partially gets upset because this is halfway through season three or I guess a third about a third. I don't know, whatever (laughs) season episode 12. Oh, I'm about to sneeze. Cause (laughs) then Oh, good for me. <laughs> um, she, she, Bailey sees what's happening and she's like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. You can't, like, you're either a doctor mm-hmm. or you're something else. Like, right. I don't remember exactly what she said, but she's like, you can't, like, pay for patients' surgeries. Right. Like, it's a conflict of interest. You can't, because then you're the surgeon who gets to scrub it. Like, you can't do that. Right. And it was a big, it was a big deal because she was, like, currently rehabilitating from 
Denny, the whole Denny debacle. And yes. the issue was like, you get too close to your patients. Yes. And there's this moment when after, you know, Izzy's in the hallway and she sees Heather Douglas on her feet, walking upright with a walker. And Izzy is filled with like this pride and the satisfaction that she did the right thing. Mm-hmm. And then she goes over to Bailey, who is, uh, devastated because George's father died. Right. right. And that is an example of Bailey getting emotionally (laughs) involved with a patient. And so she's sort of in this vulnerable place and, uh, and Izzy comes over and kind of, and says, says this. I'm both. What? I'm both. I'm a surgeon and I'm a person who becomes emotionally involved. I will never again cross a line like I did with Denny. I've learned my lesson. But I'm still both. And I'm not going to give up either part of me. And I'm not going to apologize for it. Bailey had the day from hell. Yeah, Bailey is is extremely pained <laughs> in this in this scene. Which Yeah, turned. <laughs> yeah, she had a tough day. <laughs> she had a really tough day. She had a bad day. Yeah. Then there's okay, then there's also this moment which is when she establishes the Denny Duquette Memorial Clinic. Yes. Another so, Bailey moment. Another Bailey moment. Another money Bailey moment. Here we go. <laughs> there might be an ad. Nope. Heroically, there is no ad. Okay. You know, folks, sometimes I scrub to a Netflix thing. Sometimes I find a clip. You never know which one it is. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> You gonna be okay? I think so. How's your clinic going? Got my signatures, which is a start. The Seattle Grace Free Clinic will exist. The Denny Duquette Memorial Clinic. What? I have $8 million. Is he Stevens? What's interesting about that clip is that you see the moment it occurs to her that she could give Bailey the money and then she just gives it to her. Yeah. So her moments of generosity and her moments of selfishness are both completely spontaneous. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I mean, I think that... Uh, I, I, I just think that those two moments, they're just the other side of the coin. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like for every moment that she kind of does the wrong thing because she cares too much. She also then will do like an equally grand gesture. That's the right thing. And Mm -hmm. I think that that the defense would be that sure. She does the wrong thing from time to time, but much more often she's inclined to do something that helps 
and doesn't hurt. I think she I think she wants to be a good person. I think yes. she wants to I think she does see herself as a like a force for good and I think she wants to be that person. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if she totally is. Right. Well, and I, that's kind of what I was saying earlier yeah. in the sense that like do you weight more heavily the things in which the actions in which someone gets shot and another person dies and blah, blah, blah. Right. Or does that, or, or do you, is it unfair to carry that out to the logical end? If you then don't carry out the fact that Heather Douglas can walk and then she gets to have a normal life and who knows what career she gets to have. Not that she couldn't have had a normal or meaningful life before her surgery, but Mm -hmm. there certainly is a life changing. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. So it's that's that's, that's a good question. Complicated. That's complicated. I don't know. Here's an objectively bad thing she does <laughs> that, that you said when she leaves. Yeah, I I yeah I hate that she does this. Um, I think it's just so insane to me that she doesn't even have a conversation with Alex. Yeah. So I actually needed a bit of a refresher and in the case, in, I mean, I, I knew it, but I had forgotten it, that basically the Mercy Westers come mm-hmm. and she makes a mistake with the levels that she gives yes. to a, a, like a kidney a patient. Kidney, yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, bad mistake. Yeah. It compromises a the patient's ability to get the transplant yeah, that she'd been waiting for for years. And if they don't get a new kidney for her, which has proven difficult, she'll die in like three days. Yes. So it's a huge, it's big a, old it's boo-boo. A, it's a huge mistake. Yeah. But it is not the worst thing she's done. It's not the worst thing she's done. And it also is like the merger has created a lot of chaos. Yes. It has created, it has put pressure on doctors mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't set them up to do their best work. Mm-hmm. And there are systemic problems mm-hmm. going on. She is being manipulated um, and forced to like do this like horse race with these new people. And she's still like recovering from cancer. Like right. she still has cancer. Yeah. She's <laughs> um, a cancer patient. Yeah. She's like still in treatment, but she's not, gonna she, she's not going to die from it right if she continues her treatment to the end right and so when she gets fired for this mistake I think there's just this feeling of like utter disbelief yeah yeah and she thinks she's she's like you can't fire me because I had cancer and there's like an HR person there and he's like you're not, that is not the reason why you're being fired. <laughs> you're being fired because of the kidney patient right. uh, thing. But then she just leaves. She leaves and she, yeah. She well, leaves a note. So this, this scene actually, this has no Izzy in the scene. It is. It's a great scene. It is the moment. And okay. Oh my gosh. There's an all time great Christine speech at the beginning of this episode that I totally forgot about. Oh, I'm trying to remember. So Meredith is hospitalized because she's done this uh, liver. Uh, oh, is this when Christina goes into the room and she's sobbing? And she's yes. like, I don't even know. I'm like chasing surgeries I don't want. Yes. It's an amazing moment. Yeah. Amazing moment. Yeah. She has this incredible speech, this season six, episode five. And so, so 
Alex gets finds the note in his cubby, like in his locker, and then he um, comes into Meredith's room, and Christina is also there. So that that's what's that's what's going on in this scene. Do you do what you're supposed to and take your medicine, take it from his or do you learn to live with the thing you're not that tough. and hope someday it goes away? It's the blame. Tell me everything. Did you beat them? Did you kick their asses? Come on, I want a full report. Everything that happened. Izzy left me. She wrote a note and she left me. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if she's coming back. What do you mean she left? Where did she go? Go walk him. (laughs) What? Go walk him. Or do you just give up entirely and let it kill you? End of episode. End of episode. Yeah, I mean, great acting from Justin Chambers there. So good. The uh, it's all in the face, which you guys can't see, but you, you can't can see. But you, you could. can. You can on a. You it's can on, on your own. It's on Netflix. It's on the clip. Yeah, I mean, just like. You see him like kind of run through like, but we got married, but she had cancer. Yeah. She left, but she's like, like you see him kind of like go through all of the. He's like in shock. He's in shock. He's in shock. He's like kind of like laughing a little bit. And then he like looks like he's going to like die or like <laughs> he like just like burst into flames. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's the ruin. It's the path of ruin that Izzy leaves for. It's confusing why she can't. It's it's confusing to try to understand why she couldn't. She just couldn't, couldn't talk. She, to yeah, him? she couldn't face it. It's because they do have a conversation. Very very brief. I would. It's not even a conversation. She tells him that she got fired. Yeah. He starts to explain to her something about the fact that like he you know to, told the chief to, that she like to go easy on her. Yeah. Basically. And she and she, she gets says, really upset. She gets really upset. She won't listen to him. She also says something which I think is terrible. She says that that like this is all she had. Yes. Which is like you no, you're saying that to the guy who married you. Yeah. And they're also having their own relationship problems because she feels like he's treating her too fragilely right. in general. Right. Like uh, he won't have sex with her. He's he. She you know she's sick. Yeah. And. She just wants things to go back to normal and things like that. And it's, I think that, um, 
I, th- I think that in some ways it's like everything caught up to her that she yeah. had been pretending up until a certain point, mm-hmm. probably even after George's death, that mm-hmm. like things were that it was all going to kind of be okay. She was definitely forcing herself to be okay before she was ready to be okay. Yes. Um, again, completely sympathize. Yeah. Uh, I am not saying that she wasn't being put through something really horrible, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> it just really, really bothers me that like, this is someone you committed to for your life. You're married to this person not just him though her her friends and like you won't even talk to them for a minute yeah like just t- just have a conversation you know like and then you and then you leave and then the other part there's so much fallout from her leaving they she she leaves them worrying about her whether she's yes, going to live or she, die is she continuing to get treatment right she he get, he gets he gets her medical bills all the medical bills yeah. like she really screws them over. And again, it's not even like, it's not even that it was, it wasn't just enough for her to do this horrible thing. She feels justified in doing it. Yeah. She doesn't, she doesn't repent at all. Well, I think that there's kind of a question of like, what Izzy's emotional pathology is having like, (laughs) grown up the way that she has like she I think we we learn that you know she grew up um in a trailer park mm-hmm. uh feeling ashamed of her of her socioeconomic status mm-hmm. that her mom continues to kind of she loves her mom but she she's a little embarrassed by her and right. then she feels guilty about being embarrassed by her mom because her mom is uh you know, someone who like pays for phone psychics and, mm-hmm. fall, you know, falls for like scams and believes in in energy and doesn't totally understand. We learned that Izzy was like abnormally precocious <laughs> that right. like that her doctor <laughs> that her teachers like thought that she was like a particularly exceptional student mm-hmm. and that she she wasn't you know, quote, distracted mm-hmm. by other, like, by <laughs> things. But then she gets pregnant, which mm-hmm. we're going to get into in a second. Like, she she gets pregnant. She makes this decision to not do what she feels like her mom would want her to do or what other people would do, which is, like, raise the baby or stay at right, home or right. drop out of school or any of that. She has the baby, gives the baby up for adoption, finishes school. She graduates med- medical school with no bills, having modeled to pay her way through it. Mm-hmm. And we kind of get the impression that 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 she did it secretly, but maybe that that kind of ostracized her in a way. Like she doesn't have like a, a history of having a robust emotional support system. True. And I think that she isn't practiced in like, having friends Mm -hmm. which doesn't fit with what we know about her as being like she's bubbly she bakes like it's true these are these like nesting tendencies that one would do because you do it to provide for other people and like yes she like takes care of her mom in a certain way Mm -hmm. by being like the adult in that relationship but it's very much an at arm's length yes relationship absolutely like they're not they're not like 
the, they're not like a Gilmore girls, <laughs> like two peas in a pod type mother daughter right. thing. Like she, so I, I do think that like a, a, a consistent downfall in Izzy's decision-making process is that she doesn't have a habit of running her thought process by any other person. Yeah. And she has a very like all or nothing yep. relationship with other people where it's like, Meredith can't be my best friend because she's already Christina's best friend. It's like, well, that's kind of a demented way to think about people's (laughs) relationships. And that like when she chooses Christina to tell about uh, her Her cancer, cancer, it comes from a place of like, I know you don't like me. Right. And so you're going to, to treat this objectively and you're going to do what's, what's right for me. And like Christina's response is like, like I, I don't not like you but it's like but they don't have anything in common right and then you know George is either her best friend and she's the number one person in his life or he's not right and like and like and and Alex is either you know it's, it's right. a lot of it's he's a lot of all or nothing or the man she loves right yeah and I think that I think that that's like a a, a damaging way to mm-hmm. evaluate the relationships in your life and like if she had talk to people about Denny and that hadn't been a secret. If she had talked to people about George and that hadn't been a secret. If she had talked to people about her hallucinations and that hadn't been a secret. Like there's a lot of stuff that Izzy keeps to herself, Mm -hmm. but that's weird because she doesn't have, she's not treated like someone who's a lone wolf. That's a really good person. I think, and I think that's, yeah, I think that's my more, almost more than like evaluating her morality is like, the show makes no bones about the fact that Meredith is like dark and twisty, but they they put Izzy as like her foil and she's not. Yeah, she's not like she's just as like emotionally scarred as Meredith. Yeah. And I think that whereas Mer- Meredith's impulses are to self-destruct, mm-hmm. uh, Izzy's tend to be to blow she Everything lashes out. Up. Yeah. yeah, she hers goes out. Yeah. Like she, she kind of destroys other people's lives and <laughs> and her own in the process. Yeah. But she burns it all down as opposed to Meredith, who kind of has this like suicidal ideation. And, right. But but Meredith doesn't seem to have a problem with with you know keeping secrets necessarily. That's not as much her issue. Yeah. So that's a really good point. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I do, I think so. Okay. So this is another, this is, this is the last, I I chose this one, uh, kind of the case against Izzy Mm -hmm. and actually it ends up also kind of being about like someone who didn't talk it through. (laughs) This is season four, uh, kind of early season four. Uh, Callie has found out about the affair and she want, she says that she wants to, that she'll meet Izzy in the cafeteria at lunch. Yes. Ugh. And Izzy thinks that that means that, they sh- that they're going to physically fight. Again, an enormous conclusion to jump to. Yes. And Izzy's reasoning is that she grew up in a trailer park and that's just what you did. Right. Which is like, mm, this mythology that she's buying into is... It's a- crazy. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing that I will say, just... The, the tiniest just grain of defense is that Callie did pin Meredith up against the wall of the locker room. True. When she thought that Meredith had told George that About Callie Sloan. had 
slept with Sloane. That's true. And Izzy has to get between them and say, use your words. She's very small and you're hurting her, <laughs> which is a great, it's a great scene. So, so we, we do have to just give like the, the, the tiniest, sure. the slightest, a sliver of a benefit of the doubt sure. that she, that that it did happen quite recently and that she is remembering that yeah. saying like Callie, Callie does get physical. She does do physical confrontations. Mm-hmm. Every other part of it is absolutely unhinged and, and, <laughs> and cruel. So here, here's this scene. I'm a street fighter. Put some badass in me. I can take a girl down. Izzy? with your left. Protect your face with your right. No, your hands. Protect your surgeon hand. Your face can heal. Stevens? Let's do this. Let's go. Let's go. Go where? You know. Go. I wanted to talk. You want to talk? You don't want to kick my ass? You thought I was going to fight you? You... (laughs) Then she notices that every single person in the cafeteria is watching. Forfeit, Taurus, forfeit. Oh my God. We're very ghetto fabulous. Oh my God. What happened? Was there a fight? No. Guess they realized they were fighting over nothing. Alex. Getting that last word in. Yeah. It's, I mean, pretty bad. It's overt humiliation. Really bad. And she didn't intend to humiliate her. Like, she didn't go like, oh, I'm going to humiliate Kelly. But she did go thinking, I'm going to beat Kelly up. Yeah, she did (laughs) go in there thinking, I slept with this woman's husband. And the only response is, again, like, instead of having a fucking conversation, I'm going to beat the shit out of this woman. Right. And like, like, that's a good example. That is like an example of like, she comes to everyone with this conclusion mm-hmm. of Callie wants to fight me. Mm-hmm. And they're like, whoa. But if she had said, like, this is what Callie said. What do you think? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, who knows what would have happened? Yeah. I, yeah. I think that probably would people would have said, like, that, I don't know. That doesn't <laughs> really sound reasonable. Yeah. She also does not talk to George about it. George finds out that there's going to be this fight. Right, through dropping, the grapevine. Through the grapevine of someone being like, who do you have money on? You got to do your wife because, you know, you got to, because she's the wife. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, I don't, yeah. I mean, to me, that's one of the most despicable things that Izzy does. Yeah. I Yeah. I think her, her treatment of Callie from the very beginning is completely disrespectful. Yes. Completely. And she's not the only one. Meredith is also 
horribly mean to Callie. The hand washing thing is like they're they're really they're very cruel to Callie. Yeah. But it's more egregious, I think, from Izzy because Izzy makes all these bones about being George's best friend. It's like you don't you, that's not how you treat a best friend. You don't no. treat the loved one of a best friend like shit. I have a best friend who has who has dated mm-hmm. some some clunkers and from the very beginning it was like it was like I don't think that this is going to be great it's not my favorite but it's not my business right it's and I and you hear them and I'm you hear them talk about relationship issues and anything that isn't just like something like overtly unhealthy. Right. You just have to be like, yeah, wow. And like, you have to put yourself in the mindset of being like, okay, if I liked this person, if I, mm-hmm. cause you love your friend. Right. Th- Izzy's inability to do that mm-hmm. is a problem. It's weird. And again, this is like a conflict that I have with the way she is. Um, we're told she is versus what I see, mm-hmm. which is that I think we're told that she's very empathetic and very sensitive, but yes. she doesn't act with sympathy, with no. empathy all the time. And she, she doesn't act with sensitivity most of the time. And she doesn't, she, when she decides to tune into the feelings of people around her, she is excellent at it, but it's mm-hmm. like she, it's like a switch she flips on or off. And it also has to fulfill her idea of being a good person. Yeah. So I think, I think it's, yeah, I think my, my, my main issue with Izzy is that I feel like she's mischaracterized. And I think it's really interesting slash telling that like when they do that what if episode seasons in the future, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, Izzy went crazy. Izzy was this girl who was an intern here and she went crazy and shot up the hospital. Like, that's right. They they like ca- they they completely revise the character's opinions of her. They also make her like. They decided that there's a universe where Izzy was capable of that. Right. I, you know, I need to rewatch that episode because it's, it's actually kind of been coming up a lot. But is the implication that she was fired after Denny and kind of takes revenge on the hospital? Or like, what is, is, is there any, do they talk more about? I don't remember what like the specific motivation was. Because I'm, like, I'm like, what related. is this? It's Denny related. I'm almost positive it's Denny related. I think okay. it's like after he dies, they say that she went crazy and like brought a gun to the hospital. I mean, it seems like maybe it's like this revisionist history in which like maybe she doesn't cut the Elvad wire and he dies. And then she like, like the, to me, maybe the, and I, again, uh, I haven't watched this episode recently and I need to rewatch it. But to me, it, that seems to kind of confirm that her impulse to cut the Elvad wire is coming from kind of like a, a self-sacrificial and like, destructive place as opposed Mm -hmm. to like a place of like like a positive place because Mm -hmm. then it would be like the alternate to her having cut the elvad wire which right had this impact would have been to like do another act of violence in its own way right which to me it's i and i'm I, i guarantee you i'm overthinking this but it makes me wonder if the again i just keep coming back to this idea of like who does this show think she is who is the show telling us she is and who is she showing us that she is and that detail from that episode surprised me because it feels like more in line with kind of how I see it's an extreme but it feels more in line with how I see Izzy's like destructive tendencies versus how she's characterized when she's on the show okay I've just looked it up (laughs) so in the alternate episode uh 
Okay. April Jackson, Alex, and Meredith are watching Christina stitching a banana in the cafeteria. Christina has already done two solo thoracic aortic aneurysm surgeries. Jackson asks if she ever eats with anyone ever. No, April says, because that's what happened when you screw in attending. Mm. Jackson makes a virgin joke about April. Meredith comes up for her person. Meredith reveals that Burke had to leave the state after his sexual encounter with Yang. Alex says Yang is so crazy, she'll probably go, quote, full on Izzy and shoot up the hospital one day. Meredith and Alex tell Jackson that Izzy was a crazy girl in their class who was sleeping with a patient. Oh, wow. Then she stole a transplant heart for him until Meredith turned her into her mother and got her fired. April's like, Meredith, you're so brave. (laughs) And then Alex kisses his fiance. Always a shocker that that's how so strange that that's what they and Jackson says, how many people washed out of their year? And after Izzy, there's O'Malley who failed his intern exam and was never seen again after. Right. Right. So. So. So that's pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the idea that Izzy has this, that the the, the show is kind of acknowledging that Izzy has this in her the whole time. Right, and it's because, like, a lot of, like, the specifics are altered, but she did get fired, and she did lose Denny. Like, those things did happen to her. Those triggers were there. And you know what also happened? Lexi had white girl dreads. Let's never forget. Never forget that that that's what drugs do to your brain. Drug addiction, which is extremely common, and it is an illness. It's an illness. It is an illness that that one of the side effects for white girls for white girls is getting dreads. Is putting dreads on your head. Yeah, putting dreads on your head. Yeah. Uh, By the way, I hope the mic picked up my stomach growling. It was extended. mm, Mm, Dreads. Dreads. Get to give them. <laughs> okay, I think we made a pretty strong argument for Izzy being a problem. <laughs> wow, if if the if then episode that is a real that's a real strong argument. It's it's for what the show for what the show. I feel like as a if I were a jury member, yes, and that was presented as evidence. Yes, yeah. would I feel like that was fair? Yeah, because it's a what if. Sure. But the, it is the show editorializing on Absolutely. on her. It's the show it's the show acknowledging. I mean that episode is all about acknowledging like the the other side of the coin for each character. Right. Like if instead of leaning into presumably like these good things that happened in their life, what if what if their impulses flipped the other way? Mm-hmm. That Meredith becomes more like Ellis mm-hmm. and Christina, yeah, like you know all the all those things. Yeah, for the most part, not all of them adhere to that that exact motivation. But 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 it, I do think it's compelling. I agree. Okay, so so the next the, the next two are things that I that I chose for that are the kind of the final defense of Izzy Stevens, mm-hmm. and it's hard because like these are I would I just would define these as like moments, sure, as opposed to like. Um, like the Denny and the George and the abandoning friends, like those are like events. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These are more like things that happened in the show <laughs> that I think are indicative of like something bigger. Mm-hmm. So, okay. This is a favorite of mine. Uh, this is a moment where Izzy stands up to Owen yeah. about animal treatment, which doesn't sound like it's going to be a barn burner, but it really is. Okay, so 
to just to kind of place this in time, there's this episode where they're doing a skills lab where uh, Owen is leading it and he stabs these pigs, these real pigs that are like under medication. Um, they can't feel pain is the argument yeah. and they have to save these pigs. And um, Izzy is immediately horrified and leaves and she mm -hmm. won't do it. And it ends up being Christina and Lexi have kind of like this bonding where they, you know, they name them and it's like Wilbur, et cetera. Right. And, and they save them. And there's a moment where uh, in the scrub room afterwards, you know, Owen's callous and he talks about how, you know, he, they're 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 doing surgery and as they're doing surgery owen's like he's like dragging her about he's it. dragging her he's he's naming things that that came about from animal testing mm -hmm. and he's like do you know about this do you know about that and do you know like that was from a pig that was from a cow mm -hmm. and he's he's giving it, it's not it's it's not okay he's what? given a lot of tood given a lot of tood um and so the, the, this is the moment there, there's a there, it's a valve. Uh, anyway. OK, here we go. If she wants to do it, I do. In that case, let's do it. Nice work on the valve. First developed in pigs, but more recently cows. Mm. Are you done beating me up for the day because I'd like to go home? If I was just trying to teach you. You want to teach us? Take us to the simulab with the plastic guys who have heart rates and blood pressure and croak when you nick an artery. Until you apply scalp with skin, Stevens, you're just going through the motions. That attitude, that's from before. We have the technology now. We don't have to torture live creatures. No, you don't get to accuse me of torture. Those animals felt no pain. You don't know that. You don't know that. You don't know what they felt. You don't know how scared they were. Animals are sensitive and intelligent creatures. And that is not me being emotional. That is simply the truth. You want me to learn from your methods? You want me to learn anything from you? Then don't stab pigs in front of me and tell me that the sky isn't blue. You are torturing God's creatures in an age where we have the technology that no longer requires us to. If you want to do that, go ahead, but don't tell me I'm less of a doctor for walking away. Damn. She's right. She's right. That's the, just the God's creatures thing. It's like, yeah, the God's <laughs> creatures thing is like, it's always so funny to me. She, she does like, she's pretty Christian. Yeah. It, it's not, it's, it's just like a fact of her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She just like has kind of a, it, it, I mean, I do think that it goes into her, her belief in like, I, I think that, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think that her strong belief that like things should happen for a reason and that love is really important and things like that. Like, I think those are also manifestations of her of her religious belief system that she just doesn't like directly always tie back to that. But mm -hmm. there are moments like that where you're like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She actually, this is coming from a place of her like beliefs beliefs. Yeah. yeah it's not just like an attitude. It's, mm -hmm. it's coming from like a, like a deep, uh, like moral system mm -hmm. that actually has, it's like a closed loop. Mm -hmm. But, um, oops, <laughs> that was my knee, <laughs> my knee enthusiastically agreeing <laughs> with the table. In any case, I, I also really like that because no one, because there are a lot of things about Owen when he comes in, mm -hmm. like everyone's always like, you don't need to, there's like two things about Owen when he comes in. One is like, you're not in the field, you're in hospital and that's different now. And right. then there's also like, 
your commitment to like brutality is not is like Needed. exciting, but it's not necessary. Yeah. And like that is one where I think that it's it it's it's a it's a nice moment because it's different than what we've seen mm-hmm. already of like Well it's not like it's not the guys in the hospital being like it's it doesn't feel like this two different brands of machismo clashing. Right. It's like, it's like when Sloan gets mad at Owen for using uh, glue instead right. of stitches, right. which will leave a scar. Right. Like Owen actually has a good response to that where he, I think that's the moment where he's like, Oh, okay. Thank yeah. you for telling me. Like, like tell, we do teach things, me how to do it. Teach yeah. me how to do this. Like we do things differently where I come from. And like, yeah. I, I yeah. And Owen that, said, teach me and took off his scrubs and then yeah. they had sex. <laughs> so teach me, teach me. Teach me. Teach me. <laughs> um, Worst yeah. moment for well, me personally. Uh, yeah, it's, it's bad. It's not good for me. Um, <laughs> it's not good for me. In any case, I really like, I really like Izzy. Yeah, you, it's exactly what you said. It's a moment of integrity. Yeah, I, th- I have no issue with that. And yeah. I actually think she expresses herself really thoughtfully and really clearly. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I do think that it is, like, it is a moment, but it also, it's indicative of, like, it's, it has, it, it is what her entire medical philosophy is yeah. of, like, uh, patient care and compassion mm-hmm. and putting, the, the medicine is not the most important thing. It's not about her getting the most exciting surgeries or doing the thing that's, like, the most coveted it's mm-hmm. about it's about making the patient happiest okay and then the last thing that i have so i chose one specific scene but i did want to talk about her daughter yes two there are two episodes that kind of revolve around the daughter mm-hmm. the first one is when we find out that she had a daughter at all mm-hmm. where she, there's a there's a a pregnant teenager mm-hmm. who loves Shakespeare and reading and is uh, and lives in a trailer park close to the one that Izzy grew up that in. Izzy grew up in. And Izzy recognizes that the mother um, of the teenager uh, has the has the assumption that the daughter is going to drop out of school, that she's going to raise the baby. And Izzy feels compelled to tell her that there's another way because she sees herself in her and mm-hmm. she ends up telling this patient where she's told no one else that this is Hannah. She, or, you know, she's, this is my daughter. I had her when I was 16. There are just, there are other options for you because you're really smart and I can tell, and you don't have to do what your mom is telling you to do. Yeah. That's the first episode. The second episode is when the daughter and her adopted parents come into the hospital because the daughter is sick Mm -hmm. and they want Izzy to see if she can uh, donate bone marrow, I think. Yes. And Izzy gets tested and she really wants to meet the daughter. And the answer is yes, yes. After this, after this, after this. And Mm -hmm. then at a certain point they actually come to Izzy and they say, Hannah says that she's not ready. Mm -hmm. Maybe another time. And Izzy's devastated. Yeah. Um, But Izzy, Old Izzy or or the bad side of Izzy probably <laughs> would have done it anyway. Yeah. Would have like just like pretended not to be 
you know, like would have found a way to get in the room. Yeah. And she, she respects the wishes and she kind of acknowledges that like, this is what they chose. Mm-hmm. Um, I chose the scene from the first episode just because even though I don't think it's totally appropriate what she does in that, mm-hmm. in that case, I think that hearing her point of view is, is illuminating. Like it's like, a, this is like a character witness in, in the case, of, uh, in the trial of Izzy Stevens. So here, here's this. <laughs> Keep a secret. This is my daughter. In the picture, she's six, but she's 11 now. She lived in Santa Barbara, but they moved. I don't know where. But I know her name is Hannah. And she likes pigs. Pigs? Yep. She collects them like figurines of stuffed animals, you know. <laughs> I think it's probably because her mom read her show twice. I thought you were her mom. I'm her mother. But I'm not her mom. Look, I know that where we come from, this kind of thing doesn't get talked about. But I wanted you to know that there's more than one way to be a good mother. I wanted, I wanted better for her than I could do at 16. I love my baby. Of course you do. But you're reading her Shakespeare. When you're working 12-hour shifts at the diner, like our moms, you won't be coming home and reading our shoes. It's yeah. a really sweet moment. I think it's telling that she is in her, like, civvies. Like, she's wearing her normal clothes she's yes. not she she's didn't not visit her as a, as a doctor, doctor. yeah yep. which i think is important like if you're gonna it was crossing a line though i agree it's like it is a lovely moment it's a very touching moment um but i think it to me there's like it kind of matters that she went there as like as a person yes to just sort of appeal to her on an emotional level it it dampens the inappropriateness for me just a little bit yeah i it's complicated because it's like there are real world rules and then there are Grey's Anatomy rules. Yes. <laughs> and like in the real world, like it's absolutely inappropriate, like period. There's no, there's mm-hmm. no counter argument and it actually goes in the con category. But yeah. in the world of Grey's Anatomy in which your personal life mirrors the life of your patients yes. and you learn from your patients and your patients learn from you and you have a patient who will be like, ooh, is that your boyfriend? <laughs> I totally sleep with him. Like, you know, and, and that's like, Great that like is normal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's also normal for you to like confide in your patients and like kind of blur this line, mm-hmm. you know, not children, but like, <laughs> but, but in general, it's not normal. Right. So, so that's a bunch of caveats, but in the world of grays, I do think that, there is no 
selfish motivation mm. for her going there. It I is, agree with you. It yeah. is not her trying to retroactively validate her own decision. She has absolutely no insecurity about what she did. Mm -hmm. She isn't trying to force anything. Mm -hmm. She literally, like, as she says, she's like, they don't talk about this where we come, where we come from. And yeah. I just want to let you know that there's more than one good way to be a mother. And she gives her a bit of a reality check, but it's gentle and it mm -hmm. comes from a place of love. And mm -hmm. it's just, it's, it's a dose of reality. It's saying like the relationship that you have your, with your baby right now is the easiest it's ever going to be because right. the yeah. baby is with you all the time and you have, you don't have to support yourself or like, you know, there, that's that, you know, and, and you see that Izzy is feeling kind of like the pain and the loss of having not yeah. no not knowing like where her daughter is now and things like that. But I, but I think that it's, it's very clear to me that it's not, it's not her trying to do it. It's not for herself. She's not there for you. her. Yeah. So, so I think that like, in the world of Grays, at least, uh -huh. even though she gets reprimanded also in the world of Grays for having like crossed a line and mm -hmm. and it potentially advised a patient on something that is not medical and mm -hmm. that is not her business. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just really. It's not she's not condescending. She really is. It really is empathy. I think. Yeah, if, if we're going to talk about repercussions, I think that probably had a more positive outcome than a negative one. Right. Because nothing even, else, yeah. Even no matter how it turns out, then it's like, it's more of an informed yes. decision. Yep, I agree. So anyway, that's, that's I guess that's that's the last piece of evidence. Uh, ladies and gentlemen ladies of the and jury. Gentlemen of the jury uh, is Izzy Stevens, I mean, we, we kind of have been like contemplating two questions. Is Izzy Stevens net good or net bad, uh -huh. like in her impact in other people's lives? And follow up, is Izzy Stevens who the show says she is? Yes. Is, is she the, the bubbly, emotional, um, you know, uh, sunshiny right. person yep. that the show uh, promises us she is, or is she something else? Of course you can let me know what you think. Call right now. <laughs> Call right now. Call 1-800-Is-Izzy-Good-Or-Bad. Izzy-Good, question mark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <sighs> How are you feeling about Izzy at the end of all of this? I think, you know, I think... Uh, I think I feel very strongly that she's not who the show said she was. Yes. Same. But I, I have a harder time saying that she's good or bad. Also same. Um, I, I feel like the questions of whether or not the good things she's done outweigh the bad things she's done are like larger questions that I feel qualified to answer. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if she had become a person that like, not to put it insensitively, but to use their phrase, shot up a hospital. Yeah. Like it would be way easier to be like, yeah, she's bad. It doesn't matter that she paid for one girl surgery. Right. Um, but I think 
I think she wants to be good and I think that counts for a lot and I think she's just misdirected and I think like people in her life have sort of failed to help her yeah. find her way. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that there is a future for Izzy Stevens where she's out there being a better person than where we left off with her. I totally agree. I, I was thinking about that on my walk over here. I was thinking mm-hmm. like, you know, Alex has a certain vision of where Izzy is at. Where do I think that Izzy is? Yeah. And, and his I, vision is sweet. It's very sweet. Considering she totally abandoned him. Yeah. I think that Izzy is someone who learns from her mistakes mm. and is someone who wants to be better and wants mm-hmm. to grow. And so I have to believe that like this, when she came to Seattle, Grace thought was not the first time that she had started over in her life. She mm-hmm. has reinvented herself multiple times before. True. I think that it's like, uh, it's an inconsiderate fail safe. Like it, it torches the lives of people around you, but like, it certainly is a way to like to have a clean slate. And I would have to believe that like the clean slate that she started having been through cancer, having been through Denny and Alex and George and all of that, like is probably that she holds on to the good and lets go of the bad more than the other way around. So yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, is he interesting? You get to walk free. Isabel Stevens. No jail for you. No jail for you. No jail for Izzy. (laughs) No jail time for Izzy. Thank God. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Thank you. For doing this. Um, What a joy. uh, The only thing that we have left to do is to do some sweet little shunlugs, baby. Oh my God. Oh, we saw one. We saw one tonight. Well, actually, we saw more than one. I, I guess I wouldn't say necessarily that the animal rights speech is is a shondalog in the traditional sense. It Agreed. just happens to be a monologue that is in a shond show. <laughs> but what about me? Certainly yeah. qualifies. Yep. And so does telling George that she loves him. Yeah, that's classic shondalog. Classic. Yeah. Um. I think that I will do my Shondalog like as Izzy, but I oh, don't know. Qu- I, but I don't know beautiful, what beautiful. that means for me yet. I don't know like what <laughs> moment I want. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking. That I'm going to do like an Izzy like in a moment, like a, a thing that I wish she said. But I'm trying to figure out like what that Ooh, is. Okay. Do you want me to give you some prompts? <gasps> yeah. Okay. 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 Um, all right. So this is. So you want to do. An Izzy monologue, something you wish she had yeah, some, said. Yeah, something something that she should have done, maybe. Okay. I want how about this? How okay. about your telling your Izzy telling Meredith how you feel about Denny before <gasps> things go too crazy? Yes. Okay. Oh my God, that's so good. Okay. okay. Let's see if the song works. Run. <laughs> yep, that's it. That's the one. Is this to be our fate? I know what I should do. It's not a question of not knowing the right thing. Like the thing that we have to do every day. I know what I should do. And I know what I should have done up until this point. I know that the answer is, Izzy, you're too emotional. Izzy, you get too involved. Izzy, you don't know how to draw the line. Izzy, walk away. So before you say, what you're going to say, know that I know what I should do. 
but what I want to do, what I want you to tell me to do is to fight. I want you to tell me that it's not okay to just accept these horrible things that keep happening and for once say that this isn't fair, that I deserve better than this, that it's okay to do what I want to do and that it doesn't matter if anyone else gets hurt. I know what I should do and I know what you want me to do, but I'm begging you, Meredith, please. Don't say it. Don't tell me the thing that I already know. Just tell me what I want to hear because I can't handle not going through with us. That's it. I am wow. livid that I have to follow that. <laughs> I think How I, dare you? <laughs> it was a perfect prompt. Um, wow. I wish I could have. I wish I thought to tape you doing that. Tape you on a videotape. <laughs> Because you were channeling Katherine Heigl. She was in the room. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Also, the music swelled at just the right moment. Yeah, you kind of can feel it. It's yeah, it's and also I'm, and then uh, also sometimes your mind kind of starts to wander when the song's going being like, wait, what episode is this actually from? <laughs> oh, 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 my gosh. I'm going to vomit. No, you're not. <laughs> and if you do, you'll just swallow it. That's what they do on that's TV. What, that's what they do on TV. Guys on TV, they vomit and they swallow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's see what. I don't. What should I do? I don't have a plan. Do you want a prompt or do you want to just? I'd love a prompt. Okay. Would love. Do you want an Izzy related prompt or do you want something just kind of like vague? Let's do an Izzy related prompt. Okay. Could be Izzy. Could be reacting to Izzy. Oh my gosh. Oh. Okay. Let's do a reacting to Izzy. Okay. Uh, let. Okay. You can do what Callie would have Ugh. said if they actually met in the cafeteria. If they actually met? Yeah, like if they had actually like sat down to talk and Callie had been given the floor, like the shondalogue that okay. Callie would have given. Okay. Is this that good? Is, I can give another if you don't really like it. It's really good. I hope I can live up to it. Okay. Let's hope that I'm I, no can find, I can find a good. Okay. Oh, let's see if I can find a good song. Nope, not that. <laughs> you can always tell in less than a second. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see. What's this? No, that's too weird. No, I... I know that love is confusing, okay? I'm not... I know you're going to sit there and you're going to tell me that you love George, even though I've told you time and time again that I love George and you've refused to respect that. But I know that love is confusing. But that doesn't give you the right to... There is such a thing as emotional property, Izzy, and you stole from me. When you pursued George, you stole my emotional property and I've been really generous with you up to this point I mean I've denied every impulse to cut you physically cut you out of his life because you have trampled every boundary that I've set up but George is my emotional property and you stole him you are like a fox that I refused to shoot and you went into my chicken coop and you stole my chickens, Izzy. I mean, 
Who does that? Who does that? I know that you think you're in love with George, and I know that love is confusing. But you stole from me, Izzy, and I cannot forgive you for that. I won't forgive you for that, Izzy. Oh my god. When you said there's such a thing as emotional property, I almost died. I almost like my heart almost stopped beating and it became a medical emergency. Oh my god, that was so good. <gasps> Thank you. I ugh, I was only trying to live up to yours. Oh my god, no. Yeah, I mean, I, it reminded me that there actually like there is a moment where in that episode I think later we're like or maybe earlier where like it, where Kelly does say something like she does say that she stole from her. Yeah. Well, I don't know. If she said, I can remember that. I just remember that she said something along the lines of like, I told myself that I was crazy yeah. and I was like, this is better. <laughs> what Carly's, what Carly's doing is better. They should have done that instead. Oh my gosh. Wow. Ugh. What a joy. What a joy. What a joy is acting. <laughs> I love to act. I love theater. I love the theater. I love the radio. I love podcasts. <laughs> I love podcasts. Um, oh my gosh. Well, speaking of podcasts, ah. peop, uh, you have a new one that you're on that has just come out. It's the perfect yes. time to start listening to it right now. Now's the time. It's called Rude Tales of Magic. It's called Rude Tales of Magic. It has both of our Artners on it. Yep, that's true. Um, Branson Reese, who previously came on here to talk about George O'Malley, um, has Branson Reese is the DM. It's produced by uh, Taylor Moore of Fortunate Horse. It yeah, it's great. A great cast of people, including my husband Christopher Hastings. Yep, it's got Ali Fisher, Joe Laporte, and Tim Platt. I don't think I'm forgetting anybody. Nope, that's it. Um, it's a great time. It's an actual play D and D podcast, and it's rude as promised. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And you also did the art for that. I did the art for that one too. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, also if you haven't seen Carly's art and her comics and all the stuff that she does in her own right, or honestly, frankly, her emojis that she makes, <laughs> you should. Um, they're really cool. Uh, yeah. So thank you, Carly, so much for thank you guys being so on much. the podcast. This and, was really, really fun. Oh my gosh. This was truly incredible for me. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening uh, and I'll see you next week. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.